0: Good morning, friends. I'm Father Spencer and uh, my co-rector here alongside Fathers Matt and Ben. Today, I have the honor of proclaiming good news to you. I'm so thankful that you are all here to celebrate All Saints' Day with us. So, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Today, we proclaim the good news that Christ, the beginning and the end, the God who weeps and who also wipes away every tear, the God who dies and also swallows up death forever, is rehumanizing us. Instead of just coping with death, he is empowering us to be present to it without being overcome by it. Today, receive his empowering presence as we walk through life on our way to resurrection. All Saints Day is celebrated on November 1st each year, the day after Halloween, because we weren't together on Monday. We observe it and celebrate together today. Today set aside to honor all the saints of the church, those unknown and known, those who have gone before us. In celebrating those who have gone before us we are forced to confront death and forced to confront what comes next, what lies ahead of us. We as a people are not very good at reckoning with death. We often sentimentalize death or we rationalize it or we avoid the topic altogether. We're not very good at reckoning with death and yet we're surrounded by it constantly. And in the last two years, most of us have been confronted more than ever before by death. By the death of five million people worldwide due to COVID. We've been confronted by the deaths of 750,000 fellow Americans due to COVID. We've been confronted by the deaths of family members and friends. We've experienced shocking and devastating losses. We've experienced the loss of relationships, the loss of normalcy, lost time. I've encountered so many people in the last couple of weeks that have found themselves telling people, we just moved back to Indianapolis. And then they would realize, oh, actually we moved here at the end of 2019. It's been over two years since we moved back. But COVID time doesn't seem to matter. It doesn't seem to count the same way that regular time does. We've collectively lost something. And this morning, in our group me, we were confronted with death once again, as Joel shared that his Uncle Don passed away. It seems like a constant flood of loss has been confronting us. We try our best to keep the peace with death by saying that it's just a part of life. We say, It happens. It must have been their time. God must have wanted another flower up in heaven. Depending on how much time has gone on, we start to ask, are you ever going to move on? Friends, as Christians, we are not called to keep the peace with death or to make peace with the reality of death that's around us. We are not called to make peace with suffering, death, and injustice. We have got to find a way to live faithfully present to the reality of this loss, these pains, this injustice, and death around us. While also moving towards the reality of life in the kingdom of God, where there will be no loss, no pain, no injustice, no tears, and no death. Church, we need a resurrection today. Our Old Testament passage in Isaiah declares, it starts off, it says, on this mountain, the Lord is preparing a feast for all people, a rich feast of choice and aged wines. It says, on this mountain, he will swallow up the veil that is veiling all people, the shroud that is enshrouding all nations. It says, he will swallow up death forever. The message version says, he'll banish the pall of doom hanging over all peoples, the shadow of doom that's darkening all nations. He'll banish death forever. It goes on to say, God will wipe away Every tear. God will remove his people's disgrace from off the whole earth. In, in our psalm, we're once again given a picture of the Lord's mountain. It starts off by saying, the, the earth is the Lord's and everything that is in it, all of the earth's inhabitants. And then it asks the question, Who can ascend the Lord's mountain? Only the one with clean hands and a pure heart, only the one who hasn't made false promises. Friends, this is Jesus. It goes on to say, Mighty gates lift up your heads, ancient doors rise up. Once again, I really love the way that the message says it. It says, Wake up, you sleepyhead city. Wake up, you sleepyhead people. King Glory is ready to enter. Church, the one with clean hands and a pure heart is Christ, but we are able to ascend the mountain of the Lord. Because in our baptisms, our lives are joined with Christ. We join Him in His resurrection. The good news that's proclaimed out of the psalm is open your eyes, open your ears. Christ has come to wrap your life in His today. In Revelation, we have this picture of a new heaven and a new earth. The former has passed away. A new Jerusalem is coming down out of the sky, ready like a bride for her groom on her wedding day. And the voice from the throne says, look, God's dwelling place is here with humanity. Once again, it says, he will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Death will be no more. There'll be no mourning, no crying, no pain. All of those will pass away. Look, I am making all things new. All is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. And then in John, we have a little bit less of an apocalyptic picture, something that we can relate to. It's more than a metaphor. It's more concrete. We see the incarnate Christ on his way to visit Lazarus' tomb. Christ has already said that he knows, even before he arrives, that Lazarus has passed away. And the first thing that happens when he arrives is that he's confronted by Lazarus' sisters. Mary says, If you had been here, my brother wouldn't have died. Jesus saw Mary. He saw those that were with her weeping. And the text says that he was deeply disturbed and troubled. He asks, Where have you laid him? And they tell him to come and see. And then as they make their way to the tomb, Jesus began to cry. Some said, See how much he loved him. But others, they said, Yeah. Well, couldn't he have done something to save him then? And Jesus was deeply disturbed again as he came to the tomb, which was a cave shut with a stone, hearkening to his own tomb. And Jesus commands, remove the stone. And the crowd says, but it'll smell awful. It's been four days since he passed away. They roll it away. They roll away the stone. And Jesus says, Lazarus, Come out. The dead man comes out. His feet are still bound. His hands are tied and his face is covered with the death cloth. And Jesus commands them, untie him and let him go. It stands out to me that Lazarus still comes out of the grave with his death wrap on. Because if you're going to raise the dead, it seems like, I mean, I've seen enough rapture movies. I know that his clothes could be neatly folded right where he was lying and he could be clothed in something heavenly, probably a white robe, with a little train trailing in the dirt. But his exit, while still wrapped, exemplifies some of the messiness of how Christ is present with us in real life. Lazarus' death is undone, but it was still lived through. His death wrap bears witness to his resurrection. Church, Christ's the beginning and the end, the God who weeps and also wipes away every tear, the God who dies and also swallows up death forever, is rehumanizing us. Instead of a numbing mechanism so that we can get through death without being overwhelmed by it, he's empowering us to be present to death without being overpowered by it. Today, church, receive his empowering presence and his joy as we walk through life on our way to resurrection. Your tears aren't hidden from God, Joel Rocky. Brothers and sisters, your tears are not hidden from God, nor should they be. There's no shame in them. Even on his way to a certain resurrection, Jesus wept. It is right and it is good to be sad about sad things. It is right and it is good to be angry about bad things. And it is right and good to grieve lost things. Because this is not how it ought to be. But this is not how it will be forever. Just as we will make no peace with oppression, we are not called to make peace with death. We are, after all, a resurrection people. We are empowered by the Holy Spirit and the promise of the resurrection to walk through death, present to the pain we feel and the pain that others are experiencing around us, but without being overcome by it. We don't have to avoid or numb or try to make sense of it logically somehow. Christ is meeting you in the reality of what you have lost. Christ is meeting you in the reality of what you have suffered. Your tears bear witness to what has been lived through, but through the power of the Holy Spirit, we can find joy in the assurance of the kingdom that is coming, in the assurance of resurrection. In your baptism, you join Christ in his resurrection. Your life is bound up in his. There's a a quote that says that religion is the opiate of the masses. This is the exact opposite of that. We come to the table of our Lord on Sundays not to drown out the noise of the reality or to tell us some alternative narrative, not to gaslight ourselves into not feeling bad about bad things, not to make sure that we find a way to make it through the week riding the high of the great worship. We come on Sundays around this table to be confronted with reality, the reality of the death of Jesus Christ, but also the reality of his resurrection. We are remembered as the body of Christ, and then we are sent out from here to take his presence out into the world, out into our neighborhoods where people have experienced great loss as well. Whether they have faced it or not, and to go and be with them, just as Christ was present here at the tomb of Lazarus. But we are also called to bear witness not only to the pain and the suffering that's going on, but to bear witness to the coming resurrection. Church, Christ, the beginning and the end, the God who weeps and also wipes away every tear, the God who dies and also swallows up death forever, is rehumanizing us. Instead of just coping with death, he is empowering us to be present to it without being overcome by it. Today, receive his empowering presence and his joy as we walk through life on our way to resurrection. We had planned for part of our response today to be baptizing Alethea Austin. We are going to continue to celebrate that soon, hopefully with them. So, continued prayers for the Austin family as they recover. But one of the other ways that we're going to respond to this good news is by remembering our own baptismal vows today. By remembering that we are joined with Christ in His death and our lives are tied to His. We are wrapped up in His life and we are able to ascend the mountain of our Lord because of that. We join Christ in His resurrection. Church, today receive Christ's empowering presence and His joy as we walk through life on our way to resurrection. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit.